1: Traveling with a new baby or toddler can be quite anxiety-provoking for any parent. How can a mother soothe her screaming baby on an airplane, and where can she find the laws for breastfeeding in public in a different state? Today, I'm ecstatic to introduce Jessica Martin-Weber, or as many of you know her as The Leaky Boob, breastfeeding mama extraordinaire. So this is The Boob Group, episode 60. Welcome to the Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly, online, on the go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also an international board certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners who have joined the Boob Group Club. Our members get all of our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter for a chance to win a membership to our club each month. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free app from iTunes or the Android Marketplace. Today we are, in, today in the studio, we have three lovely panelists. Um, ladies, will you please introduce yourself? Danielle, you want to go first?
3: Yes, my name is Danielle Gimbroni. I am 28 <laughs> years old. <laughs> uh, I stay at home with my little boy Vinny, who just turned two.
4: Fantastic. Christine? My name is Christine. I am 23. I am in the military. I have one 14 month old little daughter named Zoe. I'm Tony.
2: And I'm Tony Trinidad. I'm an older mom, 42, <laughs> and with my first baby who's uh, about two years and three months, and his name is Mason. I'm also a part time teacher.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks, ladies, and welcome to the show. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. So today we have Robin Bellovich
1: from Baby Hawk and she is the sponsor of our show today. So Robin, welcome into the studio. It's Thanks. so nice to have you. Thanks, Robin. Um, <laughs> Robin and Robin. Um, I love Baby Hawk and so I love your products. I'm super excited that you want to come in and talk about them a little bit today. So Tell us about Baby Hawk. What type of carrier is it?
5: We actually have three different types of carriers. I will start with the beginning one, which is the May Tie, which we started making eight years ago. It is a front or back carrier, newborn to 40 pounds, and it's ties on. So you don't have to worry about adjusting any buckles or straps. It just ties right on and goes from caregiver to caregiver, no problem at all. Our second carrier is called the O May and it's a hybrid carrier. It has the top straps that tie like the may tie, but it has a structured bottom strap that buckles on. so you have a little bit more support with the lumbar when you're in the back carry position for older children. but then you have the adjustability of the top straps to be able to tie around and do different types of carries that you would want to do like with the may tie. And then our third carrier is the O-Snap, and it's our full soft-structured carrier, all buckles and foam-padded straps, and it's just easy, breezy, put it right on and go. A lot of dads prefer the O-Snap just because it's a little bit easier to get on and there's no tying involved. The O-May and the O-Snap is 15 pounds to 45 pounds, so you cannot carry a newborn in those carriers, but they're still good for plenty of years on past that.
1: Absolutely. I've, I've told this story a couple of times where, you know, we we went to an all-day concert and we threw our four-year-old and five-year-old on our backs and carried them in. And um, after it got past their bedtime because they could snuggle in and watch Pearl Jam and, and we go. got to enjoy it as well. And it was just absolutely fantastic. So it's amazing how long you can actually... Carry kiddos in there very comfortably. I mean, after two hours with them on my back, obviously, no matter what I was carrying, and then felt they were going to be tired. But <laughs> but we got to stay so much longer because they were so content. So, where is the baby hawk made, and or where are all of your carriers made, and what's the fabric like?
5: Well, we have our own manufacturing company in Oceanside, California. We have always made them ourselves. We don't outsource any of our pro- any of our products or any of our pieces, so we they're all made in house. And we use uh, 100% cotton twill for the straps and cotton uh, for the fabric pattern, stuff like that. So it's all cotton.
1: Fantastic. E- can you wash them? Yes, you can. Oh, even better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've heard it's super easy to breastfeed your baby in a baby hawk. Um, how can a mom do this safely or w- do this while wearing her baby safely?
5: The easiest thing part about the baby hawk is that the top straps are easily adjustable so that you can loosen them to drop the baby into a better position to get the baby down into the right position for breastfeeding and you're able to tie them back up and they're safe and secure in that position. From there you would remove your (laughs) breast and you know get your baby in position to nurse a lot of times it comes a little bit easier once the baby has better head control at like you know three months you can do newborns but it's gonna be a little bit more hands-on and at at all times there's no point this you can't just set it and forget it you need to be constantly (laughs) aware of your baby when you're nursing your baby in any kind of carrier um, to make sure there's you know clear airway and that you're able to see their face, and you know they're able to look up at you. You don't ever want to cover their face or have them smushed up and not be able to breathe, obviously. So it's uh, just very important to loosen the straps to the right position, retighten, get them in position, feed them, and then when you're done, make sure you put them back up in the right position by tightening the top straps back up again. So you don't want them, you want them visible and kissable at all times.
1: Fantastic.
5: And since
1: our episode is about traveling with your breastfeeding child, how easy is it to travel with a baby or child in the baby hawk?
5: I actually love traveling <laughs> with the baby and the baby hawk. Uh, there's a couple of things that really come to mind when I thought of this question. One is when you're in the airport, there's no need to take them out of the carrier to go through um the checkpoint for security as long as you take the shoes off your shoes off their coats your coats beforehand you're able to walk right through you don't have to take them off you don't have to hand them over to another caregiver you just walk right through and I've just found that that's so nice especially when you're needing to get everything up onto the the luggage (laughs) Uh, exactly (laughs) you know getting your shoes off it's just so easy to know that your baby's right there you don't have to worry about taking them out of the stroller and folding it up But if you use a stroller as well, you just have a portable luggage rack for your luggage. So it works well, you know, to use both at the same time.
1: Absolutely. And do you not have to take it off because there's no metal? Exactly. Uh. Yeah, there's no
5: metal. And yeah, it's it's great. And they always say, no, just leave them in there.
1: Oh, wonderful. So where can our listeners find Babyhawks if they would like to purchase them?
5: Well, babyhawk.com is obviously the choice to go first. You can go from there and purchase online from us direct. You can buy custom design, which means you can choose your strap color, your pattern, Um, We have over 16 patterns to choose from. You can make them reversible, extra long straps, so on. Or you can use our store locator and find over our 400 retailers worldwide to see where there's someone by you to maybe try one on beforehand.
1: Wonderful. And for all of our listeners, we have a nice promotion through Babyhawk that there is going to be a discount code. So do you want to talk about that a little bit?
5: Sure. We will be offering 15% off all of our our carriers on the babyhawk.com website just with the coupon code, one word, boob group. (laughs) <laughs> nice and easy
1: awesome and so we'll have a link to that on our website from this episode's page as well so just in case you're in your car listening to this and you can't write it down don't pull over go to our website look for this episode and you can link directly there to order your own baby hawk thanks so much for coming in the studio Robin it was so nice
5: to meet you it was nice meeting you too Robin thank thanks. you
0: everybody in your crew
2: identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or Mc Crispy Sandwich
1: So today on The Boob Group, we're discussing traveling with a breastfeeding child. Our expert, Jessica Martin-Weber, is a mother of six daughters, an artist, a philanthropist, a huge breastfeeding advocate, and the author of the wildly popular website and Facebook page, The Leaky Boob. Thanks so much for joining us, Jessica, and welcome to the show. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. So Jessica, let's start with road trips. What breastfeeding tips do you recommend for traveling long distances by car? (laughs)
6: <laughs> um, I laugh because my biggest tip is just to make sure you have a lot of time. <laughs> uh, we, we evacuated for Hurricane Rita several years ago, and I had a nursling, and it took us forever with traffic, and it was just a total disaster, and in our head, we thought we were going to arrive at our friend's place, um, in, a, in an amount of time. Um, as if we were going to drive straight through. And that simply was not possible. With a nursling. you have to stop frequently, and you have to to make sure you're feeding mom and you're getting plenty of fluids, and that means potty breaks, and that means lots and lots of stops. And so my biggest tip is actually don't rush. Take your time. Make the journey part of the experience instead of just trying to get to your destination, and it will be way more pleasant for everybody involved. So my, that would be my first tip is to plan a lot, a lot of time. Um, we have kind of discovered that when we're, when we're doing road trips and we have a nursing, especially if they're under 12 months and they're really not yet um, having solids as a regular part of their nutrition and more of an experimental play thing, uh, they're going to have to stop and eat frequently. And we have a lot more fun when we plan for it to be about twice the actual driving time and we know that everybody's going to have time to stretch their legs and baby will have plenty of time to eat. Um, my next tip would actually be to make sure you're wearing comfortable, very comfortable, and easy-access clothes, which most breastfeeding moms do anyway, but I found myself at times thinking I'm going to be able to hang out in the car or wearing something that actually isn't practical for easy stops and quick access. And And then my third one is to be okay pulling over someplace safe sitting in the parking lot and feeding your baby. If there's not some place that you can go inside and sit down, that's okay. But you do want to make sure you're not parked or pulled over on the side of the road and you are in a safe space. And so those are my biggest tips for breastfeeding and traveling on the road. Oh, I have another one. This actually isn't a tip as much as a warning. A lot of times I see on the leaky boobs mom saying, well, I just leaned over and fed my baby while they were in their car seat. And... I get that desperate times feel like they call for desperate measures, and I've done it myself, but the truth is it's not a safe option, and it's not a safe option for mom or the baby, and there have been moments where we haven't found a place, and I've, I've leaned over, and I've tried to get my boob to babe, which can be really hard <laughs> in a forward-facing seat, by the way, <laughs> yeah. and even harder in a forward-facing So. It, The the point is, though, that if something were to happen, if there were to be an accident, can you imagine the force of a mom going into her baby's face? while that baby is feeding it is not a safe option so go ahead plan the extra time and pull over and don't feed resist the urge as much as possible to not feed in the car seat and wait till you get someplace safe such a
1: such a good bit of advice for taking the long journey as well when my son was six weeks old we drove up to Northern California for my sister um, sister sister-in-law's wedding and it definitely took us twice as long but my son was (laughs) breastfed at the Madonna Inn in um, Um, where's it San Luis Obispo or San, yeah, San Luis Obispo. Um, He was breastfed in one of my favorite restaurants in LA. Like this kid was fed on Pismo Beach. Like I mean, he had quite a little journey for his ride up to San Francisco and
6: back. So Um, and we have photos of all of it. It was fantastic. So You know what would be fun? Take a picture in all the great places you end up having to stop to feed your baby and just be like, here was our breastfeeding journey, literally, (laughs) all along the way.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, Jessica, what items are most helpful to bring on a road trip to facilitate breastfeeding?
6: Um, I'd like to have a pillow so that when I do find myself having a nurse in the car, I have some support and I can be more comfortable with something under my arm, nursing in the car only when the car is stopped and parked and all that. Um, to keep everybody safe. So I like to have a pillow for some port. I also like to have, I I leak a lot, thus the name, the leaky boob. Um, (laughs) So it's kind of critical for me to be sure that I have my breast pads, um, something that's very absorbent and soft and comfortable. My favorites are bamboo bees. Just love knowing that if I leak, and I probably will, I'm covered and I have um, something absorbent for that. And then lots and lots of things to do because when you have a lot of stops, especially if they're not destination stops and there's nothing to get out and do, and you're just sitting in a parking lot feeding your baby, um, it can get easy to start feeling restless and to rush the feeding, and that's not good for mom or baby. So. Take time to absorb your baby and just connect with your baby, but then also have a book or a book on tape, or especially if you have other children you're traveling with. So something that will help capture everybody's attention, and baby can get that full feeding.
1: Fantastic. Well, I'd love to open this up to our panelists. Ladies, for those of you who have taken road trips, um... Any, any other tips that you would like to add to this? I know, Tony, you had mentioned that you had done some traveling by car.
2: Yeah, we've got some family um, about two hours away. And I wish I'd known the time tip <laughs> when it was my time to travel for the first time because we didn't expect for it to take so long. Um, so I learned that one kind of the hard way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any other tips? Did you bring anything particular with you? in particular Uh, i think lots to drink for me like Mm -hmm. water and little snacks so that i could stay Mm -hmm. really nourished and feeling good and making sure that my supply was up because that was something that was always a concern for me thank you for Mm -hmm. sharing
1: how
4: about you christine um we actually my in-laws lived um in sacramento which is about a 10-hour drive usually Usually. (laughs) a breastfeeding baby to go up there um and we've taken several trips up there since the time she was uh, probably about two months till now she's 14 months and we take trips you know ever at least once every other month to go up there and we always drive and I think the biggest help that we actually had speaking about rushing feedings is we actually started bringing our dog with us instead of mm. getting a dog sitter so when we would come to stops my husband would take our dog out and like let her go to the bathroom take her on a little walk so that way I'm I didn't feel rushed like okay the show's waiting on me you know, it was right. he's going to take his time with the dog, and I'm going to take my time with our daughter, and we're just gonna we're just gonna chill out here. And we'd always get food like an actual meal for both of us, not just snacks every time we would stop. So it's like, okay, family time out right now, and then awesome. we'll hit the road hard again.
1: Fantastic. How about
3: you, Danielle? Um, I did a, a a trip to the San Francisco Bay Area from here with my baby when he was four weeks old, and I drove mm-hmm. all the way by myself. Oh so. my goodness! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was um. He was little enough that he was fairly comfortable in the car seat, and, and um, you know I could just r- really try to maximize on drive time. Uh, my tip is try to um, when you have kind of um, established or your child you see your child's routine, try to plan your trip around that routine where it's most convenient like say um you know you know that your baby gets their longest nap time you know first morning nap so maybe don't leave in the middle of the night or early early morning wait right until they're gonna go for that long nap and then hit the road and then try to get as much drive time as you can during that nap time that has that really helped me a lot is really paying attention to, um, his own natural rhythms and then trying to coordinate my schedule, my driving schedule with those rhythms that helped out a lot. Um, it was tough for us because my baby was a big and still is a huge comfort nurser. So um, if you have a baby that takes a pacifier, that is a huge lifesaver. <laughs> I would think I remember um, driving that drive by myself and he wouldn't take a pacifier and wouldn't like have it himself but if i would hold it for him so i remember kind of um we were just driving in a really small little pickup truck and i could reach back and he was so small i could hold that pacifier for him and we made like the last 45 minutes um driving you know over that altamont Pass (laughs) through uh um northern california and and with the help of a pacifier so for me it was uh just really about timing and and sort of pre-planning that helped out a lot
1: Wonderful advice, ladies. Um, so let's switch it up a little bit, Jessica. Um, so traveling by plane, what tips do you <laughs> recommend for breastfeeding on a plane, and how important is it to bring a
6: cover? Uh, well, <laughs> I travel a lot, and this last year, since I've had um, sugar baby, we—I speak at events and work has me traveling a lot. So I've been; she has been with me on the plane um, just about twelve times in the first twelve months of wow. her life. And so we've had lots of plane trips, and I don't bother with a cover. And the truth is, even when I did, back in the day when I was breastfeeding my older girls and I had to fly, I found that the cover was really more in the way. And in such a small space, I'm shielded so much by the seats in front of me and the people around me that the only people I really risk seeing anything Um, were those immediately next to me, and I found most of them to be more than understanding and supportive. Now I'm more confident, and I kind of don't care if somebody sees so it doesn't really faze me in the slightest, Um, but I don't think a cover is necessary, in large part because it's just one more thing to deal with in such a small space. But if that makes mom feel more comfortable, then by all means, take your cover, just have a plan for how you're going to use it, feel comfortable with it, practice with it. But I would really recommend that before you even make the decision to take a cover with you, practice breastfeeding in front of the mirror and see how much is actually showing. See how comfortable you can get pulling your breast out and getting your baby latched without needing a cover. And if you can do that, maybe you don't need to have a cover with you. But again, if that makes you most comfortable, then sure, take one. If that's what's going to help you travel in comfort with your baby and get their needs met, then by all means do so.
1: Wonderful. And Desiree from our Facebook page wants to know, what items do you recommend for a breastfeeding mother to bring with her on a
6: plane? Um, actually, I'm kind of a minimalist when I travel, especially by plane. There's so many times where I've gotten to the plane and the overhead bins are full or and I am going to have to check something. And so I travel super light. Um, in general, I have one carry-on that's usually a roller board, uh, and I keep my laptop in there and um, some snacks and all that. But in general, that's going to end up in the overhead, and I'm not going to want to bother trying to access that while I'm flying with my And then I keep a very small canvas bag. I usually use my Earth Mama Angel Baby tiny tote. And in there I have my wipes and my diapers and snacks for me and snacks for the baby and a water bottle kind of jammed in there and some toys. And maybe a small Aiden and Nene muslin blanket that's rolled up so that I have some support if I need it. And then I have my neck pillow. (laughs) (laughs) And that's about all I travel with. Because the seats are small, because the armrests are right there, I find I don't need a whole lot of extra support. And any extra support I do need, I can use my bag, or that pillow, or the the pillow, or the uh, muslin blanket. And so I make sure I'm wearing. Um, I layer. So I usually am wearing a nursing tank, a t-shirt, and I have a um, yoga pants on, and that's. Oh, and a nursing necklace, so my baby has something to fiddle and play with. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because that can actually save both of our sanity through the whole flight. Exactly. And that's usually all I have. And of course, my trusty bamboo bees. That's it. And I find that making sure that I entertain baby once we're boarded and try to delay the the breastfeeding um, until we're pulling away from the gate and we're on the tarmac getting, getting ready to take off. That way she's latched and comfortable for the takeoff and it's smooth. Generally, it's really smooth sailing for me. I find that if I can get my baby to latch as we're pulling away from the gate, I have no problem with takeoff. She is usually asleep by the time uh, the seatbelt light goes off and I could get up and go to the bathroom. That is my other tip. <laughs> go to the bathroom before you board. The chances <laughs> are strong you won't get to go again. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> Those are great tips. Ladies, what else do you have um, to add to that? Have you breastfed on a plane? And if yes, had it go? And were you nervous? Christina, I know you're a huge traveler.
4: Yeah, um, I have breastfed on a plane and And I have, like, a lot that I agree with what she said and a lot to add, actually. Um, I personally really like sitting on an aisle seat to breastfeed because that's one side that I don't have to worry about somebody being there. One side I don't have to worry about my daughter kicking someone while I'm breastfeeding and just... It's just I have more space that way because nursing in between two people, which I've also done, is just uncomfortable, especially if they're very large men. <laughs> 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 and as soon as I sit down and I see anyone sitting around me, I just let them know, hey, so I'm going to be nursing. Is, are there any problems with that? Like, do we need to let a stewardess know? and I've never had any issues and it's just been smooth sailing and yeah waiting until you're right about to take off and you know that you're taxiing before you latch is a huge thing so that way they aren't done nursing while you know you're you're ascending or descending and then they have their ear problems and I'm sure that would just spoil the whole flight like so yeah and I I love traveling with on planes with her I have a backpack as my carry-on just like a big like giant black backpack that I shove everything in and put the most accessible stuff like the things you're going to use the most in the front like diapers and wipes and maybe some snacks or toys Um, and I have my ergo so I have my backpack on my back and my ergo on my front and my daughter's like right on on my chest and that way if I need to go to the bathroom and I don't have anyone that I can be like hey well can you just hang on to her real quick while I go to the bathroom like on the plane I can just strap her in that and go you know and just hands-free all over the place having a backpack and an ergo perfect how about you
3: Danielle uh, we have flown a lot, quite frequently. I made the mistake when he was, uh, our first flight was when he was eight weeks old, and I thought I had to bring everything. <laughs> so we had, um, the car seat and the stroller, but he was in the, he was in a carrier, he was in the Moby and I had a, a diaper bag and just all these things. And I flew by myself. I seemed to travel a lot with my little guy, just me and him. But, um, it was, it was insane. It was terrible. It was so stressful. Um, since then I've sort of streamlined the process and I think that, uh, I bring nothing with me Uh, besides the baby and a carrier, and that's it, and and my purse, and that's really it. In my purse, I'll stuff maybe a couple of little things, but nothing major um, at all. I keep it super, super simple. Um, When he was eight weeks old, that first trip, um, I wasn't necessarily concerned about covering for – quote-unquote modesty sake or anybody else's comfort I was super paranoid of germs I thought (laughs) the recirculated air and I'd put him under this cover and he would just breathe his own germs and not everybody else's (laughs) you know um so I did cover that first time my experience has been the sound of the plane is like white noise they he sleeps the whole time uh the last time we traveled was from here to Chicago for um the mommy con thing and um He was just about to be two, and I was really worried about it. And I took a bigger backpack this time with with more toys and snacks and things to try to keep him occupied. And, and I didn't need any of it because I had the handy dandy boobs and <laughs> <laughs> that was really that was really it. He, he snuggled up and the plane takes off. And same thing, I kind of wait until we're sort of getting in the air. He likes to look out the window. And, and, you know, I show him things even when he was tiny. I like to try to involve him in things and to show him what's going on and stuff. And so um, look around and see what's what's going on. And then as we start getting up a little bit higher, then latch and he just falls right asleep so flying is my preferred method of travel with
2: baby over driving <laughs> for sure
1: wonderful and tony have you tried it yet
2: i haven't tried it yet but i've been listening intently because we're <laughs> traveling at the end of the summer So are you oh yeah. perfect yeah wonderful. by plane so i'm really taking it in
1: <laughs> wonderful when we come back jessica will discuss breastfeeding and public laws while traveling so we'll be right back
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Welcome back. Today we're talking about traveling with the breastfeeding child with Jessica Martin-Weber. So, Jessica, when a mom is traveling by plane, how can
6: she prepare herself to breastfeed in such a small amount of space? Um, well, I think we kind of covered a lot of that with having a carrier and feeling confident and just knowing that um, the boob is going to be the, the easiest way to soothe your baby. Um, so I think to prepare in, in that kind of space is just, like I mentioned before, watch yourself breastfeed. See how you do it. And, and for a lot of women, we think it's this big production, and sometimes it is, especially if you have very large breasts or if you're having issues with the baby um, latching. But in general, babies know how to breastfeed, and and we can trust that once you get to the point where you're ready to leave your house at all and travel for sure, um, you probably have some skill when it comes to feeding your baby. And so to trust and have some confidence is actually probably the most important thing you can do, because if you are confident, baby's going to be relaxed, and the people around you are going to get this, don't mess with mama, bye, (laughs) and that goes a long way in keeping you both comfortable during a feeding. So that would be probably my, my biggest thing, and then just wearing comfortable clothes, have a carrier. I like to use a ring sling often, especially when they're really little, because when they fall asleep. Um, on the breast, I just keep them in the sling and I lower it down and feed them and then cinch it up a little bit when they've fallen asleep and then I can kind of recline and we can um, relax together for the rest of the flight. Uh, so just things that work for you at home probably are going to work for you on the plane too. It's not, it's more that you need to feel confident in, in yourself and in your baby and in this time together. Um, and then You don't need a lot of things. Um, Someone had mentioned earlier that they took everything with them the first Mm -hmm. time they traveled. Uh, You'll end up feeling like you stick out. You're bumping people with your giant diaper bag, and you're worried about your stroller, and all this stuff ends up becoming more of a hassle and a headache. Um, So minimize, simplify as much as possible, and it will be an easier experience for everyone.
1: Terrific, and and say a mom wants to bring breast milk in a bottle with her. Um, what are her
6: rights according to the TSA? Well, this is kind of an interesting subject um, because it, while TSA actually has on their website information about traveling with breast milk, um, and it's really simple and straightforward. And fortunately, we know from from experience that different women, different TSA agents agents have. Not been quite clear on what the rules are. Yeah, <laughs> and so to say to put it to put it, and, to put it softly. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be kind of diplomatic in how I say this. Um, there, there have been times where it's a problem. So the best a mom can do is actually print out. TSA's own guidelines and have them with you. And I know it's an inconvenience and it's just one more thing to remember, but I, I just carry mine in my pump. It is in the pocket of um, my pump bag so that if I need it, I can show them. Here, here are your own guidelines. Print it off your website. And I try to check it before I go just in case they've changed because they could between trips. Um, but print off those rules. Be prepared to show them. Um, and then a very a very compliant attitude of, you know, this is just my milk for my baby. Try not to be argumentative. Just explain you're trying to feed your baby. If they should question it, but in general, you just pack it like you normally would. They may ask you if it is not frozen to taste it. Um, <laughs> they may, they may not ask that, and they may want you to dump it out. It's hard to say, but. Having having their own guidelines with you is your best bet to making sure it's a smooth process, getting through security with your own milk. Absolutely. And what
1: about the woman's rights while on the plane? Are there certain rights that protect her to breastfeed in public on a
6: plane? There are certain rights that are protected federally for a woman to breastfeed her baby at all as well as in a state. The problem becomes if it's in the air and there's some question as to your jurisdiction or or what laws are covered. However, there are federal laws protecting a woman's right to breastfeed her baby wherever she has the right to be. And so if there were to be a problem, um, we hear that there are problems, but I want to remind people that we hear more about the few times there are issues than the millions of times moms are flying and breastfeeding and don't have any issue at all. I have never, ever been harassed on a plane for breastfeeding my baby. I've never been asked to cover, I've never been asked to move, and I've never been asked to stop. And so I think it's important to realize don't expect trouble. Be confident, feed your baby, don't expect trouble. But if trouble does come, know your rights, know the laws. I... And I, when I'm traveling, I look up the laws and have them printed out because it's really hard to argue with things in print. Um, I have them printed out for whenever I'm traveling from whatever state I'm traveling from to whatever state I'm traveling to. And I have those laws with me. If I'm flying internationally, um, I do that as well. I have, again, never had an issue. So just being prepared can help you. But a mother's rights are protected within the states to breastfeed wherever she and her baby have the right to be in the first place. So if you have the right to be on that plane, you have the right to feed your baby on that plane, however you feed that baby.
1: Absolutely. And you you touched upon just, you know, when you go to a new state, that you also bring the laws of that particular state as well. And so are there any other preparations that you do um, when you're traveling to new states to know
6: what their, what their laws are? Uh, just to look it up. And then I do a little... Google search to see what kind of issues there have been in that state regarding breastfeeding. And I'll be honest, I did this like three times and then I forgot because (laughs) I didn't have the time to do it. But if you are particularly nervous about it, do a search. See what kind of attitude there seems to be in that particular area, if there is anything. Um, for example, if you're coming to Houston, you would search and you would say, oh, look, this Target actually asked a woman to cover and it. Was, there was a big nursing and there was all this drama about it and, you know, that kind of thing. So you would kind of have an idea, but I don't want you to be, I wouldn't want a mom to be afraid um, to feed her baby just because a particular area has had drama surrounding a mom breastfeeding. But having the state's laws printed it out, um, I just, it's some you can find cards and you can make your own cards with the law printed on there and actually have the law reference number on there. Um, But I usually just print it off the actual state website page and just have it like, Hey, look, it's got your website on here and everything. And I just hand them that. However, when I was for the first time ever asked to cover while in Vegas last January, (laughs) I didn't have it with me. (laughs) I had left it in my hotel room. I was, I wasn't carrying anything with me because I was a speaker at a very breastfeeding-friendly event. Um, I was there because of the leaky boob. Um, it was MommyCon, and <laughs> when I got asked to cover, I laughed at the manager because I was so taken aback. <laughs> <laughs> but then I did inform her of the law, and she actually respected that. I, I don't think she was prepared for my response. But she respected that, and I told her, I can get you the reference number if you'll give me just a minute. I'd be more than happy to supply you with that legal information, but you do not have the right to ask me to cover. And you do not have the right to ask me to leave because I have the right to breastfeed be my baby. Anywhere my baby and I are permitted to be, according to uh, Nevada state law. And she let me alone. That's so cool. Um, that article is one of the funniest. You have some of the funniest
1: photos in that article compa- showing picture of you nursing compared to like the topless dancers. I mean, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the nurse um, in front of a strip club. I right know. <laughs> like, of all places to be asked to cover up, Vegas is just is quite <laughs> ironic. Um,
6: it was. I felt bad for the manager because I, I actually thought she was joking at first. So I laughed and then I realized, oh, you're being serious. And, said- <laughs> and then
1: you're like, do you realize what I talk about all day?
6: <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of picking the battle with the wrong person. <laughs> um, my, friend, my friend that was with me said, said, why didn't you say, do you know who I am? And I said, because I was fairly certain she had no clue.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, So ladies, um, since you all have been traveling so much, um, for those of you who have been to a different state, did you do any type of preparation as well um, to find out what the laws were? Christine, you're kind of shaking your head or nodding your head, I should say.
4: Yeah, I've been to Nevada as well. And I've been to Oklahoma. That's where I'm from. I went back for Christmas. Um, And I've been to Texas, Um, just, you know, as stopping points along the way, um, getting to Oklahoma, um, while flying and stuff. And, um, I... Remember when I, when I was still pregnant, I looked up kind of different states' laws before we had, like, the federal um, law, like, protecting us. Um, or I think it was before the federal law protecting us. It was before I knew about it, anyway. So I was looking up different states because I knew that there had been issues in states. I'm like, how are people asking? I didn't even know that asking people to leave because they are breastfeeding was a thing. Like, what? Why? I don't get it. So I was looking up different states' laws, and I'm like, the two states that apply to me, California where I live, Oklahoma where I'm from. So I already knew the states' laws, and I knew that they're there was, like, moderate protection, like, you can ask someone to, you can't ask someone to leave, but if you get asked to leave, you cannot sue them for asking you in the first place, you know, so I knew that that was kind of an issue, but when I, when I traveled to Oklahoma, my daughter was already nine months, and by that point, like, come, come ask me to cover up, let's see what happens, <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so, like, pro, like, mama bear about it that I'm, like, I don't even if the laws have changed, I don't really care. Like, <laughs> I know that I have a comeback for everything when it comes to feeding my daughter. So
1: whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, how about you? Did you no. do any research? Nope. I thought about it.
3: Uh, it did cross my mind. Like, maybe I should look about laws or something. But um, I, I have majority flown just within California. But when I flew back to California, uh, Chicago. I I mean, I was going there to um, visit breastfeeding friends and do uh, help with the mommy con thing. And so I was really not um, thinking that I was going to have an issue with it. I was but I think I I do like what Jessica was talking about. I'm sort of really confident with what I'm doing. I I don't worry about what anybody else is saying. And um, I also I always look for other families getting on the plane and I try to sit near them because I figure well, maybe even if my baby's not going to breastfeed, if he's fussing or running around or, uh, you know, making noise or whatever, the families are going to be more understanding. So for are sort of all banded together in <laughs> yeah. in one section of the plane, it seems to go well. But it keeps him occupied for a little while, and then he always ends up falling asleep anyway. So uh, I, I, I never really worried about it too much. Actually, I didn't – I was telling somebody the other day, I didn't even know nursing in public was an issue <laughs> until, like – the baby was months old. I, I think maybe, like four, five, six months old. I had been nursing in public for his whole since like day two. So I, I didn't even know that that
1: was a thing. So I think I sort of just do my own thing and mind my own business, and it goes really well. It's so funny. I I was thinking the same thing while you all were talking to. I mean, my kids are much older. They're almost eight and six and a half. But we were traveling with them at a very very early age and flying across the country when they were both each around four or five months old. And it never crossed my mind to look up, you know, what the laws were and stuff. And so, I mean, I guess there's more awareness now that there. are is nursing and public harassment but at the same time that ignorance was bliss because I never even I never even thought that I couldn't breastfeed in public here on the plane or in New Jersey so sometimes maybe that confidence um is what helped as well I mean obviously I know women who are confident still get harassed on planes as well but um but it's just I think it like you had mentioned Jessica it really doesn't happen quite as often as we hear about it because those those stories those stories are very sensational you know
6: Right. Well, and with me, it was, it was funny, and I, I'm glad when it happened to me, and it wasn't on the plane, um, although my response probably would have been pretty much exactly the same, minus the, you do realize there's pictures of topless women all around it, right? <laughs> um, but I, I was nursing my sixth baby. I had the <laughs> leaky boob for two and a half years by this point. I was, I know what I'm talking about. I am confident. This is, I'm, this is old hat for me. And so there is definitely a piece of this that as much as I, I don't want to scare moms, the reality is for some reason, this has become a flashpoint in our culture yeah. and, and we are going to have to be prepared um, if nothing else, just with the confidence that we, we need to feed our babies and that's okay. And we don't need to apologize for it and we don't deserve to be harassed for it. And so there is an element of it because in Six babies. I've had six babies and breastfed all of them. And it wasn't until my sixth that I finally had someone say something to me. It was so bizarre. But the, the reality is, in the end, what ended up making it work for my baby and I, and I just kept breastfeeding her through the whole conversation, <laughs> was just knowing, um, knowing that my baby had the right to eat. And my baby had the right to eat as she was biologically programmed to eat more than whoever complained about it had the right to not see it. And so that confidence fueled me, even when I thought this was so ridiculous, and as much as I may have wanted to storm out and walk away, um, I knew that I needed to stand up for my daughter's right to eat and be okay with that. And that was really um, empowering, it, it, in the sense that I already was confident in feeding my baby, but now I was ready to stand up for it. So having the information and being prepared isn't a bad thing, but most of the time it's not going to be necessary. You're not going to need it, but it may go a long way in making you feel more comfortable. Totally.
1: All right, one last question for you. Casey had posted on our Facebook page, when traveling internationally, how does one get a feel of the culture so that mom can be culturally respected
6: when breastfeeding in public in this new space? Okay, I... I went to, on one hand, my, my background is so steeped in cultural issues, and I, my husband and I are, um, we're culturally diverse. He grew up in France, and I grew up in South Florida. And so, <laughs> we, <laughs> we're kind, we came from a very different perspective on everything. And so, we've had to navigate that a lot in our lives, personally and professionally, and interacting in different cultural settings. And I, I advocate cultural sensitivity. I believe that it's really important to be informed. But this, when it comes to feeding our babies, I believe that moms need to feed their babies. And cultural sensitivity is important, and it certainly has a place, certainly when you're going into someone's home and when you are um, interacting with them, uh, with others of a different culture, particularly in their culture, there is definitely a huge value on being culturally sensitive. But when it comes to feeding your baby, your first responsibility is to feed your baby. And, and cultural sensitivity takes a back seat to that. And the amazing thing I have discovered, I have traveled through quite a few different cultures. Um, other cultures seem to embrace that wholeheartedly. Feed your baby. Just feed your baby. And your baby needs to be fed. And in most of the world that breastfeeding is so much more accepted. Even in areas where breastfeeding rates are low, it is still accepted and celebrated more, in many ways, more than it is in the States, which is kind of a sad commentary as to where we are in the States. But motherhood is almost celebrated in a way that feeding a baby generally isn't going to be against the culture. Yeah. <laughs> and so breastfeeding is accepted because, That's what you do. So to feel it out, you may want to talk to people that are there. Just ask them, hey, I'm I'm going to be breastfeeding. Um, Is there anything I need to know? But you also can look it up. La Leacher League International has lots of information about uh, breastfeeding in different cultures because they're all over the world. And, And there's an amazing presence online in general, whether it be the Leaky Boob or other online groups. Um, where women are sharing their breastfeeding experiences from a global perspective, that's the beauty of the internet is we now have this global community so feel out the other moms, find the breastfeeding moms around the world and just ask them and be open and then when you're in the moment in that situation, for example I've I've had to feed my baby um, in the middle of Paris on the steps of the cathedral because she got hungry right then and so what are you going to do? And I sat down and I saw her, but I did kind of scope out just to see, um, am I asking for trouble in any way? Because I don't want that to be uh, the highlight of our trip. <laughs> <laughs> and and in general, at that time, it was just, no, I just need to feed my baby. And um, actually, I love this story. It's just kind of a cute little experience. Um, I found that traveling through Paris, both as a pregnant woman and then with a, a breastfeeding baby, I was... There were not a whole lot of children around often when I would be out with my baby and and meeting with friends or sightseeing or whatever the case may be, but I always felt appreciated whether it was somebody I would step onto the metro and somebody would hop up or Three teenage guys hopped up to make sure I had a seat when I was nine months pregnant um, on the metro. And and I, I was just like, wow, that does not happen back home. <laughs> and so just kind of watch in general how they how the culture reacts to children, and that'll give you a pretty good clue as to how they're going to feel about you feeding your baby.
1: Oh, that's such great advice. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for your insight into traveling with the breastfeeding child. And um, for our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of the show as Jessica will discuss her tips for staying in a hotel with a breastfeeding child. For more information about our Boob Group Club, please visit our website at theboobgroup.com.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky?
2: Lucky?
1: So here's a question that we received on our Facebook page. This is from Andrea and it says, Hello ladies, I have a question for anyone who might know. I am in desperate need of a breast pump. I don't have insurance and I'm nursing a baby who I'm convinced is part vampire. I've tried everything I can to think of, to help them to stop biting and I'm not ready to throw in the towel yet but I really need help. Please and thanks in
6: advance. Hi Andrea, this is Andrea Blanco, International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. I'm so sorry breastfeeding is not working out for you just yet. Younger babies who seem to bite while nursing are usually trying to overcompensate for some difficulty they may be having while trying to breastfeed. This is definitely a situation where I would encourage you to seek local guidance from a skilled international board certified lactation consultant who's able to do a full oral assessment and figure out what it is that your little vampire is doing with his tongue that is causing you so much discomfort and be able to give you a care plan for moving past your breastfeeding difficulties. If your plan is to go to exclusive pumping, then a quality multi-user breast pump like the kind used and rented at hospitals is what you'll need. As you said, you aren't ready to give up just yet. I really hope you're able to find the in-person help you need so that doesn't happen. Good luck.
1: That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, and our, show, and our show Parent Savers for moms and dads with newborns, infants, and toddlers. Coming up next week, we have Wendy Wright discussing how to know your baby is getting enough in the series Breastfeeding and the Working Mom. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource.
2: The views and experiences shared by Christine in this episode are her own personal opinions and not that of the United States Armed Forces.
1: This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider.